fun day in the hut for the Labour Party as they elected Chris Hipkins and Carmel Cipollone to lead that party allegedly into the next election. Chris Hipkins does, of course, remain the Prime Minister and is with us. Very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Apart from yesterday, what did you do last week? Uh, well, obviously, it's, it's relative. business of government is relatively limited at the moment while we wait for the new government to uh, get themselves together and um, decide what the shape of the new government's going to be. Is that code for nothing? Uh, well, there's a few things, but it's not a, it's not it's not hugely busy. I think it would be fair to say we're at the moment just keeping keeping things ticking over while we wait for the new government to to be ready to take office. Let me quote you, Kelvin Davis. If I don't win the Tokara seat, that's Tokara saying, Kelvin, thanks, but you're done. Your time. I'll move on and look for other things. What happened there? Uh, well, Kelvin's obviously still digesting the election result. Um, he's uh, been elected as a list member of parliament and his future really is a, a question for him now. But he's not the MP for Tito Tokarau anymore. Well, that's that's probably a question for him rather than a question for me. He's been elected you as a Labour Party. He's, a, he's been elected as a Labour Party list member of parliament and he's entitled to take that seat um, and he's indicated uh, certainly that he's intending to do that. Didn't you ask him? Aren't you curious to know why he would say something so definitive prior to the election and something completely different afterwards? Well, until you've just quoted it to me, uh, Michael, I hadn't seen that comment up until now. So. so you had no idea he was going to retire if he lost his seat? Uh, certainly, it's, I, I didn't follow every comment of every MP and every candidate that um, of ours right the way through the election campaign. No, it would be fair to say I, I didn't do that. What happened to you? Because you, not that I'm not glad you didn't get the leadership, because I, I, I am glad you did, because you deserved it. But you, you said to me a couple of weeks ago, post the election, and I said something about you going for the leadership, and you go, oh, look, I wouldn't read too much into it, in the indication that you weren't sure you wanted to be the leader anymore. What changed your mind? I think at the time, Mike, what I was indicating is, you know, we needed to, to sleep on the election result a few more times before making any decisions about what the future might look like. And certainly had the opportunity to do that over the last few weeks. Uh, I think that we've got a really important job ahead of us as the new government uh, takes office, whatever shape that might be. And we still don't know what that might be uh, at this point. Mm. Uh, and then uh, and then we've got a job as an opposition over the next three years to hold them accountable for the promises that they've made. Well, we've also got a job to make sure that when we when we pitch up for the 2026 election campaign, um, we're offering something to the New Zealand public that uh, that they, I, I think, find more attractive than what we're offering yeah. in 2023. And you think wealth tax might be it, do you? Um, what I've said is that we start again with a blank sheet of paper, and that includes the discussion around tax. It includes discussion around you know everything that we've campaigned on previously. We lost this election, so we uh, you know we shouldn't at this point be saying yes, we're definitely going to go ahead with something that we've previously committed to. But we should also put new new ideas on the table as well, and that includes a discussion around tax. Yeah, but ta- that's not a new idea. It's an old idea rehashed by your party several times over and thrown out several times over. You, you haven't got the message yet. Well, look, three years from now, the country's going to be in a very different position to what it was in as we headed into the 2023 election campaign. At the moment, the, the most likely tax changes we're going to face in the next three years are the National Party reducing taxes, reducing government revenue and slashing uh, spending on public services. We don't know what we're going to be facing in 2026, so I think it would be unwise for us to be ruling things in or out at this point okay. um, until we know a bit more about you know what that's going to look like. Do you personally favour some more tax? I want a fair tax system. I think you know there are there are yeah, but a fair more tax system. 
Well, there are inequalities in our tax system at the moment where um, as a proportion of their income, you know, people on lower incomes are paying more than people on higher incomes. And I think that is something that we should look at. Right. Although you sort of were going to look at it until you weren't going to look at it. So it kind of paints you, unfortunately, as a bit of an opportunist, doesn't it? No, not at all. I think you know, New Zealanders deserved to know what we would do in the next three years if we had been re-elected. I said when I set out our tax policy um, that I was setting out our tax policy for the next three years. Um, we, weren't, we weren't elected, so we won't be governing for that three-year period. So now we uh, go mm. back to the drawing board and we come up with another one. Willian has talk about David Seymour's referendum and going to war and it's going to be five or ten times worse than um, the Springbok tour. Does that talk worry you? I think the prospect of a referendum on the treaty worries me. I think if you look at the um, the trajectory of referendums on these sorts of issues around the world, uh, they have been incredibly divisive, um, and they're not a way of bringing the country together. So no, I'm, I'm, I'd be very concerned if we end up going down that road. Uh, Luxon would agree with you on that, but nevertheless, the sort of alarmist talk that Willie's perpetrating at the moment, does that worry you as the head of the party he's in? Well, look, I certainly hope that Christopher Luxon um, does rule out doing a referendum on the treaty. That's ultimately going to be a question for him as the incoming Prime Minister. And I, I hope that we don't end up with a referendum on that because I don't think it'll be good for co- cohesion within New Zealand. I don't think it's the sort of thing that'll bring the country together. But what about Willie's language? Oh, well, Willie Jackson's very entitled to express his view. If a referendum takes place, I think that we, w- we, you know, we will see fireworks, frankly. Um, and I don't think that will be good for New Zealand. Do you think we'll see civil unrest? Uh, I think there's a distinct possibility, and I think it would be very unfortunate if we go down that road. What about Chloe? Is If Willie's allowed to say what he's saying, is Chloe allowed to say what she's saying about Palestine? Well, she did. Um, I don't agree with that sentiment. Um, she's, you know, We have a country where we have free speech. She's entitled to say what she wants to say. Um, I think that's a very loaded statement that she used, and I think that uh, I'd be pretty disappointed if any of our Labour MPs were using statements like that that can be interpreted as in, in, a, in a very, very divisive way. Are you disappointed in the Electoral Commission and the various cock-ups that have ensued in the last couple of weeks? Very. I mean, I think the Electoral Commission have one job, and it's a very, very important one. Um, and I think it's really important that the public and those who are seeking elected office can have absolute confidence in them, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, being thorough, being diligent. Um, and I think there have been a couple of examples that we've seen which where the Electoral Commission hasn't met the standard that we'd have expected of them. This bloke, Lacane, who runs the place, is he up to much? Uh, look, I don't know him uh, personally. Uh, I think this is the first election that he's uh, run, but uh, there's always a post-election review, and I think that that will have to look, you know, quite critically at the way the electoral commissions run this election. I think, you know, running out of ballot papers. I think, um, you know, having the issues that we've seen in the last 24 hours with the vote count not being properly recorded. Uh, these are unacceptable, and I think the Electoral Commission need to do better than that. Did you read the Radio New Zealand story about the public relations firm that was embedded within the Commerce Commission? Uh, no, I haven't read that one, sorry, Mike. Uh, so Senate H- SHJ, they're a PR company. They're embedded within the Commerce Commission. This is the reason I'm asking you is it's under your watch. Uh, embedded within the Commerce Commission, swipe cards, access to the computers, running themselves out the seniors at $420 an hour, and they're part of the Commerce Commission. How's that work? 
Um, I'm certainly familiar with the company. Um, I do know that government agencies have from time to time called on communications, you know, external communications advice. Yeah. Um, an organisation like the Commerce Commission would make those decisions independently. They they have a degree of independence in the way that they operate, more than, more than a typical government department does. And so you wouldn't so be worried can, that a PR department is embedded within a government department? Um, contractor relationships exist right the way across the public and private sector, and it's not unusual for entities to have contracted workforces who are relatively embedded within those organisations. Personally, my, my views on the contractor and consultant um, trend at Wellington is that it's gone too far one way and it needs to yeah. come back the other way. That's a long-held long view, but it's not unusual. Speaking Winston, would you revisit Winston if he turns out to be normal in the next three years? Well, all indications suggest that um, he hasn't um, changed his ways, uh, given that he continues to would appear to be holding the country to ransom once again. Um, but also, I just uh, you know I, I, I don't think that Winston Peters' style of governing is going to lead to constructive outcomes that benefit all New Zealanders. Yeah, but if he, but if he improve, but if, but what I'm trying to work out is this MMP thing, and, and if you are running your blank page program, you you would revisit Winston as an idea. No, I mean, look, we, I, I won't work with Winston Peters again. Ever? No, I can't envisage So you're ruling him out for 2026? This is probably a first. So you've ruled him out for 2026? Well, look, he's going to be going into government with a, a, a National Act government. I think that the likelihood that we'd be going into the 2026 campaign saying that, you know, we could flip him um, is, is relative, would, would be relatively really? novel. But, uh, but 2026 is still a long way away. So, so you're ruling him out or not? Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not certainly not. Um, I thought you, know, you were I'm campaigning. I'm not campaigning for the 2026 election. Just you yet, just said you'd never work with him again, and I said you're ruling him out. And you said yes, and then you thought about it and said no. I just don't. Jeez, Chris, you clarity of message, mate. Oh, look, I've, I've said that I, I don't want to work with Winston Peters again, and I haven't changed my mind about that. Good to talk to you, Chris Hipkins, leader of the Labor Party. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.